Hello and welcome back to Coach, where we talk about college opportunities and cultivating habits. I'm Saxony and here with me today is Katie. Hey everyone. Today we are going to talk about how to improve your study environment, a lesser known element that helps a lot when it comes to studying, where you choose to study and what's around you can impact your study session a lot. Kind of like taking a few steps back, talking about your studying session. So studying in an overly cluttered environment or somewhere where a lot of people walk through can create a lot of distractions. Also trying to study when you are physically uncomfortable because of bright lights, uncomfortable chairs, or being hungry or thirsty, etc. can go on and on. Doesn't work very well, in my experience at least. Yeah. So today we're going to walk through the steps of creating the perfect study environment together. And I invite you to think about these as we go through the steps. First step, think about what locations you typically study in. What ones work best for you? Is it on campus, near your classes, a coffee shop, your dorm room? What environments don't work for you at all? I personally like to study on campus, either in the Shepherd Union or in the basement of Elizabeth Hall. When I have to study in my apartment, I know that I cannot focus in my room, so instead I study at my kitchen counter. What about you, Katie? Um, In the past, I definitely have made my bed my study room, but I saw this article or whatever that was floating around where it's like, oh, if you study in your bed, then that's probably what's causing your insomnia. So I'm like, okay, I'm actually going to find a dedicated space and who knows if it's actually helped. But what I do more recently is I know I get distracted by a lot of movement. So on the third floor of the library, there are these like little cubicles that are mostly unoccupied and it's just your own little space. And I tend to do most of my work there. I recommend it. The next step that we're going to go into is figuring out why those spots that we talked about are your go-to. So you might have a legitimate reason why you might like it, it might be more convenient, or there might be a reason that you don't even realize until you really think about it. For example, like I said, I tend to be like to be secluded and isolated. I don't like when people are looking at me. So that's why I like to do my work alone in an old, a little private area. I don't know about you, Saxony. I think this is really funny because I have the exact opposite oh my goodness. <laughs> thing. I like to study on campus or around other people because I feel this social pressure mm-hmm. to actually focus and study and get stuff done. Like, I feel like people are going to like see me on my phone and be like, that person's not studying. Oh, I know it's very unrealistic. Nobody actually cares about that stuff. But I do. Like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Katie does. Um, the like hypothetical like judgment there, the social pressure to actually get stuff done make so that I can actually focus. I also have like little things that I that I notice when I actively think about it. Like if I'm sitting in a chair that's too short, I can't focus. Yes, I don't know why, but figuring this out helped me like figure out why study sessions don't always work. Yeah, I definitely don't like to feel like I'm in a high chair. So <laughs> if it's too tall or too short, the chair has to be the right height. And knowing that, it really helps you to figure out where to study. Yeah. With these first couple steps put together, you can get a sense of what actual locations are best for you when it comes to studying. So for me, it's more isolated, less foot traffic in Saxony, probably where, you know, their friends are hanging out. So this is just kind of the basics. And we understand that there are a lot of different factors that can affect where you can study. Um, But there are also a lot of spaces for students to take advantage of that we're going to talk about. Yeah, it is now time for my very carefully curated list of fun places to study on campus. Most basic, anywhere in the Shepherd Union or the Student Services Building. 
but the third floor near the WSUSA office, there are a ton of fun couches and cool little spaces up there. But if you need some quiet, you go up one more floor. On the fourth floor, there's a bunch of, not a bunch, it is limited space, but it's pretty quiet because not a lot of people know that it's up there. Random hallways in any building. Most of the buildings have just couches, benches, tables, whatever, just in the hallway. These are perfect if you're waiting for a class. Um, Lampros Hall, aka the Digital District, there are no classes in there and they have really nice computers. This one, I don't actually know. I've heard rumors, myths of this spot. Apparently somewhere in the lecture hall, there's like this place in the center of the building that's really quiet. I don't even know how it was a building. If someone finds it, they'll have to they'll have to schedule an appointment with me so that they could tell me where it is. Because I've only heard rumors of it. The basement of Lindquist, there are study areas like actually built into the walls and there's a testing center down there, so it's perfect for that. The first or second floor of Tracy Hall, outside math tutoring, you can also go inside math tutoring, and there are some reservable spaces on the third floor. The Norda building is really cool, and there's there's so much space in there. If you live on campus, Stuart Wasatch has study rooms you can reserve. There's the community center at the University Village or space in the basement. At the library, there are reservable rooms, and each floor has a different level of quiet. So the first floor is louder, and as you go up to the second and third floor, it gets quieter and quieter. And this list is not exhaustive. There are so many places to study on campus. Another thing that took me a little bit of time to really figure out is you don't have to have a class in that building to study there. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have another reason to study in that space. Feel free to go into literally any of the buildings and take advantage of the space there, especially if if the buildings that you tend to have classes in have less study space available. Literally, the only reason I've ever been inside the new Norda building was to study. Yeah, me too. I've been in there a couple times just to study. It's great. It's a good place to study. Yeah. So now that we've covered locations, we're going to move back to our steps and now focus on the general environment. So the third step we're going to talk about is thinking about sound and noise tolerance while you study. This is a major one that I like to think about. How noisy can you handle your environment being? Do you need to be listening to something? Is it actually distracting more than helping you? I cannot listen to anything when I'm studying. It's awful because I want to listen and I need to listen to podcasts if I'm like getting ready in the morning. It helps me. But when I'm actually having to use my brain and come up with my own words and thoughts, I can't have anything going on around me, which is, again, I think ties back to the distractions that are around me. I need to be completely just in my own headspace. That makes sense. I get that. Um, and I kind of, I switch between, usually I'm the kind of person that has to have background noise on, but I really need to focus on like reading something with a lot of words. I have to have just that. My go-to for music is usually like slower placed lyrical songs that I already know, or weirdly enough, Christmas music. For me, <laughs> sorry, that's kind of funny. It's, it's so weird. I don't know. I figured it out just randomly. I was like, wow, this Christmas music really helps me focus. Is it the bells? I don't know. Like, maybe like a metronome? It's specifically the Polar Express of album. I, oh, something yeah. about it. Something about it just lets my brain focus on stuff. I don't know. But, but that kind of music gives my brain enough stimulation to actually be able to focus. But then it's not too much stimulation because it's slower paced. I don't know. Um, I'll also listen to ASMR sometimes okay. uh, while studying. If I'm really struggling to focus. 
step four is to look at what's around you while you study. Are you sitting at a desk that's covered in stationery? Do you have a lot of tabs open on your laptop? Are there a lot of things in your peripheral vision? Do any of these things distract you? If you find that you study, that you often study at your desk that's also used for random storage and it doesn't distract you, that's not a problem. You don't need to change that at all. I can sit at a table covered in things and focus just fine. But if it's a potential distraction for you, knowing this can help you make an informed decision about your study space. You know, talking with this episode, like we are the exact opposites when it comes to everything. Like I have to have my pencils in a specific spot, my water bottle on my left side. Like I have this routine and if it is not in the pristine condition that I need it to be every single time, I cannot, I like get irritable and I just need to do it before I actually, like I get frustrated with myself. So I need to take a second before I even open any tabs to make sure that everything looks right and where it's supposed to be. I have minimal supplies, I only have what I need rather than having everything out. Like I just can't handle it. So that's kind of funny. Kind of going on to the fifth step is what state is your phone in while you study? Do you kind of just like leave it on do not disturb? Do you do anything with it? Asking yourself if you find yourself pulled to your phone while trying to study, try turning it on. Putting those like restrictions that some of the apps have, like do not disturb or those focus restrictions or using the app limits built into most smartphones. If this doesn't work, definitely put your phone in a different room, whatever works best for you. I personally like to have my phone nearby, but I do zip it up in my backpack because it is just another distraction that I can't handle. Yeah. I do a similar thing. I'll have it like near me. I'll just flip it upside down so I don't see if the screen turns on. Our final step, number six, is pay attention to other little tricks that help you while studying or ask other people if they have any tricks that they use. Sometimes we can trick our brains into studying a little bit better. I personally like to gather all the things I'm going to need so I don't have to get up. Because if I get up, it breaks my focus. So I'll, I'll make sure I have all of the chargers that I need or water or snacks, whatever I need. Other little things like chewing gum or having a little treat with you, uh, fidget toys to give your hand something to do, or even leaving your shoes on can kind of trick your brain into focusing. So again, tying back to like why we're talking about this in the first place, walking you through these steps is to help you break down the process of finding a good study area and show that it's personal and what works for some might not work for others with me and Saxony. Polar opposites. Polar express opposites. <laughs> but play around with your space, and if it works, it works. <laughs> Polar express opposites. That's our quote for the week. Just kidding. To end this episode, our quote for the week is, the man who loves walking will walk further than the man who loves the destination. That's great. So thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next week.